And now, The Low Post. Welcome to The Low Post Podcast, where we have a first-time guest, a special guest. I'm very excited. One of my favorite guys to watch play in the entire NBA. And now, in a story of a good homecoming, I guess we'll talk about that. The starting point guard for the New York Knicks. Four-time All-Star, I think. One-time All-NBA. UConn legend, national champion, Mr. Kemba Walker. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for that introduction. Appreciate that. Those are all real accolades. I don't have to make anything up. <laughs> How you liking being back in New York? Oh uh, man, it's it's a it's a kind of an undescribable feeling. You know, it's it's just like surreal. Like every time, every day I wake up, I'm just like, wow, like I'm really back where I started, you know. Like it's 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 crazy. So so players talk about coming home. And most players are actually like, it's not as great for us as you guys all think it is because we got like tickets and we just got a lot of people around. And then there's a different kind of pressure that comes with it. When this opportunity, when the OKC buyout happened and this opportunity came to you, what was your what was your first reaction? Was there any unease about it? Was there any like, can we look at some other Uh, things just in case you just want to go? Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to come. I mean. I think I think you're right, obviously, about you know players coming back home because it's it's just so much, you know. Like we, we're from here, and you know so many people, a lot of requests. You know, everybody's gonna be pulling you from from twenty million different directions, you know. So, um, but I think I had that feeling when I was kind of younger, but you know, now that I'm older and you know pretty established and you know just really comfortable in my own skin. Things are just different. You know, I just know how to move around. And the most important thing I think for me is I know how to say no, you know, which 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 can be really hard, which can be really hard as a as a professional athlete, especially especially being younger. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm I'm really comfortable. I just know how to go about things in a whole different way. Um, so yeah, I mean, coming back home is just special. It was, it was a special opportunity for me, and I just had to take it. You're a New York City high school basketball legend, obviously. How many games did your team lose in four years of high school? Single digits? Uh, yeah, single digits for sure. Yeah, it's single digits for sure. Um, were you? But were you a Knicks fan growing up, or were you? Were you now the younger you? Your generation is like I just am a fan of yeah. players. Were you a Knicks fan? Yeah, I, I think I was. We we weren't really that good, um, but of course, like I couldn't be a fan of no of anything else, like. Yeah, I was definitely a Knicks fan. Um, we just it was when I was growing up, it was kind of a it was a difficult time for the Knicks. Um, but yes, definitely a definitely a Knicks fan. I had no choice. I couldn't be a fan of anybody else. Who was your favorite childhood Nick? And who was your who were some of your favorite non Knicks to watch growing up? Patrick Ewan, Stephon Marbury, Latrell Sprewell. You know, just just gritty. You know, of course, Allen Houston, guys like Charlie Ward. You know, those are guys who I enjoyed watching growing up. Did you Knicks. hate? Did you hate the Miami Heat? And do you still hate the Miami Heat? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't take the rivals as serious as it as it was. I, I don't. I don't think so. No. That was a that was a blood yeah. feud. That was not just yeah. a rivalry. That was a blood feud. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I was I was still really young though. You know, like I don't even think I I kind of understood it like how it really was at that time you know I was just kind of like you know I'm from New York you know I'm 
the Knicks is the team. Um, that's my team. That's kind of how I was. Now, you've played in the Garden many times in college. Obviously, you tore it up in the Garden. You've played in the Garden as a member of the Hornets and the Celtics. You've played preseason games for the Knicks. But do you do you think the first real game at the Garden – and by the way, this crowd's going to be insane. There's all this pent up like we're hopefully coming toward the end, the beginning of the end, some kind of end phase of a pandemic where we've been shut inside. The Knicks, you just said it, like they've been through rough times. These fans are just starved for it. Like are you are – you, are you looking forward to the first game? Do you think it's going to feel different? Or are you just like such a veteran where loud crowds are just loud crowds? Nah, I, I would be absolutely lying if I said I wasn't looking forward to this first game. Um, and and the crowd, like, it's going to be absolutely crazy in there. Like, I've seen the playoffs. I've seen those guys play against the Hawks last year and last season. And I've seen how intense the crowd was. So I could only imagine, you know, this season, you know, having the same guys and, you know, adding Evan uh, and myself. You know, I'm I'm from here, you know, which is kind of going to bring that that added loudness to the to the arena. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be insane. And I'm, I can't wait. Can't hey, wait. Have you heard uh, Tom Thibodeau's voice in your nightmares yet? In your have you ever had a dream where Tibbs is yelling at you and you wake up in a cold sweat? Has that happened yet? Uh, um, not yet, not yet. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's definitely going to happen. For sure, yeah. So you're a veteran. What are you? Are you like 31, 30? I'm thirty one. I'm thirty one. Yeah. You're you're a veteran. You've had some some injuries in the last couple of years. Can you like opt out of the second of two a days, or do you have? Are you do you have to do everything? Can you just be like, I'm out uh, for this? I am going through everything. It ain't it ain't it ain't it ain't none of that. He my, my man. He don't play, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> Every part of it. Love it. He is so intense, and I love it. What are what are when you guys sit and talk? Obviously, the Knicks were the four seed last year. Lost in five to mm -hmm. the Hawks. There's a lot of like, oh, the Knicks were a fluke. The Knicks can't do, do Julius mm -hmm. Randle can't do what he did last year. But I, as you said, I don't really think, like you're, you're a completely different team with a brand new starting backcourt. The East is tough though. Um, yeah, for sure. What are your, what's a reasonable expectation? Like when you, what do you guys talk about when you talk about, you know, how good you guys can be? None. We don't even talk about it. I mean, it's all in the work, you know, like we literally like, I mean, you know, Tibbs has a reputation of working guys. Like, we work hard. Like, we we work hard. Like, every single day, regardless of what we're doing, it's it's 100%. And I'm talking about down to a man. Like, and, 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 and to be honest, like, me, I'm a guy, I've always been this way. Like, hard work really pays off, you know? Like, it really does. And it, it just, it beats talent on any given day. Um, and because of how hard we really work, like that is really going to help us, you know, take another step. I know people say, you know, it's not always about how hard you work all the time in the NBA, but it is because when you have hard work mixed with talent, I mean, that can win on, on, on any given night. So I can't put it in expectation on anything. You know, I, I've been around too long. I know 
I know things happen like injuries, you know, guys go down sometimes and you just, you just never know. You just never know how a season can go. But I do trust in our work and I trust in coach Tibbs and our coaching staff. And those guys are going to give us an opportunity to win every night. You mentioned injuries. The last couple of years you've been dogged by knee problems. And I was thinking about it a, a few days ago. I was like, and I remember thinking about this in the bubble too and, and thinking usually there's like a big event that happens when knee problems start. Like somebody falls into a player, they tear their meniscus, there's a surgery. And I'm like, I can't, like when did Kemba's knee start hurting? Like what, what happened? What is the source of all this? So what, what, what is this? When did this start? Like what actually has happened to your knee? How is it now? What, what was the starting point? It's just, it's just over the years, you know, like I've had a couple of knee surgeries back in the day um, in Charlotte, you know, I think, I want to say I had my first one in about 2015. Um, then I played a lot of games. Like you have. In Charlotte, like I, I've played at one point. I think I played the most games like straight at one point. And and a, and a heavy load on some of those Charlotte teams. Yeah, and that's that's all it is, man. It's just I, I play so much basketball. I've, I've had to do a lot throughout throughout my career, you know. Um, and I wouldn't change anything for the world. I, I, I had so much fun. You know, doing what I doing what I did in Charlotte. Um that's 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 really all it is. You know, I, I just I just played a lot. I played a lot. It's a lot of years of me playing 82 games, not missing any games. Like and I and I really took pride in that. I really took pride in playing every single night. And that's what I did, you know. So, and and then, you know, I kinda I had a rough patch in in Boston. Um I think I I, I got sick one time. I got sick one time. I think I had the flu one time. Not the first year, my first year in Boston, I got the flu. And then after that, it wasn't it wasn't Corona at the time. It wasn't Corona at the time because I don't think it was kind of a big deal yet. But I got the flu, and then from that point on, I don't know. Like my knee just started to bother me, and you know, just had a few episodes, and then we stopped the season. That was tough, right? We, that was tough for a lot yeah. of guys. Oh, that was tough. That was super tough. That's that got me a little bit, you know, stopping. And then we had to go right into the bubble, um, which was tough. Then we had just a few months off after the bubble. Then we had to go into another season, you know, which was tough. So the last couple of years just been rough, not not on me specifically, but just on everyone, you know. So and it happens, you know, guys go through injuries all the time. You know, I'm, I'm not the first and I'm not and I won't be the last. So you know, I'm just trying to deal with it as best as I can. How is it now? And like, what's a reasonable expectation for games this year? For do you want to play every game this year? Like, do you feel like you could? I would love to. I would love, right now. Yes, my knee feels really, really good. You know, I, I've literally done everything I can to 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 make myself feel as good as possible. Um, and these guys are with the these guys, the trans over here are, are doing their best job to to make me feel as good as possible. So yeah, I've been around. I've been in every single practice. Um, you know, I played in two preseason games. You know, I got some rest last night, obviously. Um, but I'm I'm ready to go. I feel good. I'm ready to get this thing started. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes! Catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's there up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons. Watch out for them. You name it. They won't find a satellite dish. 
but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. Shame on you, by the way. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything pre-wrapped gifts, gifts for grandma. You can find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TV. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. That's very soon. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for your mom easy this year. Head to macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's macy's.com slash gift finder. Let's go through the career of Kemba Walker in the NBA. And we'll go in reverse order. Do you have a Kemba Walker, Oklahoma City Thunder jersey? Was one ever made? Were you ever a member of the team? I don't understand how that works. Were you ever a member of the Thunder? Um, I was. I was a member of the Thunder. I was because I I actually went down there. I was in Oklahoma City. Um, I went to the facilities, met a lot of the staff members, and they were unbelievable in the time that I was with them. Like, Literally unbelievable. They took such great care of me. Um, now, players say that players well. say that about Oklahoma City. What does that mm-hmm. actually mean? Like, when you say they take good care of me, like, you get there, you're new, you're a veteran, you clearly mm-hmm. don't fit the timetable, right? So, like, what, what does that mean? You pick you up at the airport, they help you find a house. Like, what does that actually mean? So, for me, in my instance, is my knee, you know? So, you know, I go, as soon as I, as soon as I get traded to them, you know, first of all, I, I get a call. And, you know, Sam, he's great. He's great. Like, he's super honest, um, doesn't sugarcoat anything, which is what I love. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want anything to be sugarcoated. You know, I want to hear the truth, and I want to hear how you really feel. And he was, he was, he was, he was 100% with me, you know, from, from day one. And he, the, the, the training staff, when I got there, you know, took great care of me, like, they set me up with doctors. They gave me just basically whatever I needed to, to 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 get my knee on track for the time being. You know, I wasn't with them for long. I might have what a month maybe, but for that month, like I was on the phone with these guys all the time. Like, and they were always calling and, "Hey, Kemba, how you feeling? Do you need anything? This and that." And that's that's great. You know, that's great. You know, they they didn't have to do that because, you know, obviously they they knew that I wasn't going to be staying there you know so they didn't have to do that but they did for the time being and i respected that a lot no jersey though you know some like obscure jersey collector wants a walker 15 okc jersey jersey. i definitely want my jersey i can't lie i want i I do want my jersey i and i'm I'm gonna ask those guys for the jersey for sure there you go you come into the if they watching this there you go right there i want want my okc jersey 15 right (laughs) Uh, I want to say somebody had 15, but I would love to be. I would love it to be 15 for sure. Okay. Yes. Um, Boston, I, you might. I don't know how much you want to answer this, but why? 
So why is there something always just seems off in the water in Boston? Like, and everyone blamed it on Kyrie a few years ago. Then Kyrie leaves and it's still, you just, it just feels like there's angst. There's a lot of angst all the time. Like even mm-hmm. Brad steps down, or steps up, Danny steps down. Marcus Smart missed a flight today. You had the thing in the bubble where there was like, Marcus was screaming at people in the locker room and it got out. Like, is there, what, why is there always something muddy in the water there? I have no idea, man. I can't, I can't really answer that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I am who I am. You know, I, I feel like I am like the absolute most positive person there can be, you know, um, I come in with a great attitude all the time. Like I'm always smiling. I'm always uplifting. And my time there was great. My time there was great. You know, I, I had great teammates, like, I talk to those guys all the time still to this day. Like, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't know that I was going to be traded, you know? And I seen, I even seen stuff like, oh, we, we had a mutual agreement on the trade. <laughs> like, I even seen like, like peaks. I seen something where they said people from my camp and uh, I don't know, man, I'm, I am who I am. And that's where I wanted to be because that's, that's where I was. You know, I, I don't, I never wanted to be a guy who, who got traded. Like I just, not something I was even, even thinking about. So um, I can't tell you, I don't know, to be honest. I don't know. Back before Boston, it's Charlotte. It feels like 10 years ago. It literally feels like 10 years ago that Kemba Walker making an all NBA team and becoming eligible for the Supermax was an event that happened. It was like two years ago, two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. It feels like a decade ago. I know, right? <laughs> so, so that happens. You become eligible for the Supermax. Now, I was rereading all the stories about Charlotte and why you left Charlotte and all this. What? When did you know, like, they're just not going to offer this to me. In fact, they're not going to, they're just not going to offer. It's just not going to work out. I know there was a conversation with you and Michael at some point. Like, when did you actually know that? Cause I, I know you loved it there and I, and a big part oh, of yeah. you wanted to be there for your whole career. So yeah. when did you know, and what's the conversation with MJ like when it's over? Um, yeah, I, I love that place. I still live there. Like that's where my main home is. Like I, I love Charlotte and that's where I'll probably be for, for forever, to be honest. Um, when did I know? Me and MJ, we had a conversation. Um, and he told me, he just basically told me what, what he could offer me, you know? And it just wasn't, you know, what I felt like I was worth, you know, at the time, you know? You know that year, I, I had my best year, you know, one of my best years, like scoring-wise. Um, you know, I played, when I played all 82 games that year as well, I believe. Um, no, I just had a great year, like all NBA, you know, I was up for the Supermax and, you know, I I couldn't, he didn't, it didn't they didn't offer me my max, you know, my regular yep. max. They didn't know, offer, the, they like came was, up, they came up short of the regular max. Yeah, no, I felt like I was, a, I was a max guy, you know, because of the year I had. So, you know, I just couldn't sell myself short. That's, that's, that's all it was. Um, it wasn't anything to do with, with, with anyone, you know, it just, they just didn't have it. You know, to be honest, you know, it was a lot of guys that were that were paid at the time and under contract. So it just didn't it just didn't go in my favor. And, and it was definitely a place where I wanted to be. You know, like I said, I, I love that city, love the fans, love the organization, just such great people. Uh, and I was just so comfortable there, you know. 
it's, you know, those guys are like my family for that whole organization. So that's just where I wanted to be. But like I said, it just, to me, it just wasn't what I feel like I was worth at the time. You walk into the NBA, national champion, high school phenom, high school legend, single digit losses. You walk into the Charlotte Bobcats, not the Hornets, the Bobcats going seven and 59, possibly <laughs> the worst NBA team in history. And I've talked to some of the vets on that team about you and how you reacted to it and how you took to it. But what are your, I mean, and that was like, Diaw was there and not in shape and Paul Silas takes no from anyone. He will tell you straight to your face if you're fat and you're not working hard. Oh yeah, but, oh yeah. Like what, what do you, when you close your eyes and think about that year, like what images come to your mind? <laughs> you know what I can remember? I remember, I don't watch ESPN much, right? But I remember watching ESPN that year one time and they just had a compilation of us shooting air balls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally a compilation of just us shooting a bunch of air balls. Like, and I just remember us like just being down 20 points in the first quarter every single night. It was, it was, it was, it was rough. It was rough. It was like one of the hardest seasons to to be a part of. But I'm gonna be completely honest, you know, the guys that I was around, they 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 actually still made it so much fun for me, you know. Um, I didn't know any better. I was just a rookie coming in, in the lockout year. Like I didn't know any better. So those guys, they 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 kind of still made it special for me, man. You know, I had a I had a couple guys who who who, who I kind of gravitated towards, you know, guys like Cheryl Henderson, Sagana Jop, DJ Augustine, like those guys were like guys who I just was around all the time. And you know, they kind of just showed me the ropes. You know, even though things weren't going so great for us, you know, I just kind of learned how to how to just keep working for the most part. And that's what I did. I just kind of focused on you know, my work, you know, I kind of had to be selfish in that aspect, you know, for the most part, and you know, just kind of made sure I just maintained, you know, my work ethic, because it could have been, I, I could have went the other direction super easy, like, man, forget this, like, you know, it's, it could have been easy in, in, in that sense, so what I did, I just kept working, man, and just, just try to get better. Well, Gerald Henderson once told me a story about you from that year. He said, I don't remember what game it was, but we just got smoked. And it was like we were on a hellacious losing streak. We get in the locker room. We're all sitting in our lockers. And Kemba comes in there, and he's throwing a fit. Like, we can't. This is un- inexcusable. Like, this is too painful. We can't lose like this. You're emotional. You're getting emotional. You're screaming. And Gerald was like, some of the veterans were kind of looking around like, some of the veterans were looking around like, Hey man, it's just we we got a lot of games. Like you can't get this 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 emotional about one game. And some of the other veterans were like, "Wow, this guy really really cares." Do you, do you have any memory of that? Yeah, I can't remember what game it is either. But yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like I always looked at myself as a winner. You know, and it wasn't about the losing for the most part. I think it was just sometimes the way we played. You know, I just feel like we just didn't play hard all the time. You know, and that's what I'm about. Like, you just got to give it a hundred every time. So, you know, I, I knew I was young. I was even a little skeptical about doing it, but it kind of just, it kind of just came out, you know, the way it did. You know, I wasn't trying to be rude or anything in that nature. It's just my competitive spirit for the most part. Um, did you watch the draft lottery that spring? Because that was the Anthony Davis lottery. 
You guys yeah, had the so best odds. Oh yeah, I watched it. <laughs> where do what do you what do, I, I I can see Rich Cho standing there and get and waiting for the number. So where are you watching it and 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 are, who are you on the phone with? What do you do when it comes up number two? And Michael Kidd Gilchrist, great player, just not Anthony hey. Davis. No, I was um no, we were all actually they had like a like a watch party. It was like a watch party at the at the arena. Um and they asked me to be there. So I was there. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody thought we, we, we were going to get the one pick. You know, I, I feel like it was kind of like we had to get the one pick. You know, we were, we were like by far the worst team in the NBA, you know. So I think the whole city, the whole organization, everybody thought we were going to get the one pick. And when we did it, I think everybody was just kind of disappointed, you know. But, I mean, me personally, I didn't – I didn't care, you know. I didn't. I didn't care. Like I and I watched college basketball, and I and I and I and I've seen MKG do his thing in college, and I've known him from high school as well. I played against MKG in high school as well, so I didn't care. I'm like, okay, you know, we didn't get the one, but we got the two. <laughs> We're gonna get the next best player, and we did. You know, in my opinion, you know, I I love MKG's competitive nature, his spirit. Um, he just, he was a grinder, man. Like, so I, I didn't care. I knew what I was getting. I knew I was, I was getting a guy who was about to come in and play hard every single night. So I was excited for my brother to come to Charlotte. So for me personally, I didn't, I didn't care. But I think everybody around the city was, was pretty heartbroken. Now, at that time of your career, people would go under screens on you. Your jumper was considered a liability. And I've written yeah. this before. I, I, I think... What you have done with your jump shot is the the biggest and most radical transformation of any player's jump shot I, that I think I've ever seen. Steven Silas told me this story. I don't know if it was your pre-draft workout or you just got into Charlotte. He was an assistant there, and you were shooting NBA threes. And and you know everyone's trying to like impress people at these workouts. Like you know I'm just trying to. I don't even if you're struggling, you got to put out a tough you know bravado. And you were struggling, and you went to Steven Silas, and were like. Yo, this line is far. Do you oh. remember? Is that is that real? That's true. <laughs> that's real. That's definitely true. Yeah, because you know what? For my pre-draft, I was shooting NBA threes, but I was like in this little gym in Long Island, so I guess it just wasn't the same, you know. Um, so when I got there, I'm just like, like, damn, like this line is so far. Like, but yeah, I mean, I didn't. I knew. I, I just. I'm, I'm a competitive guy. Like. And I love to be in the gym. So I knew one day, I knew one day that the jump shot would come. You know, I'm, I'm just, I, I love to be in the gym. I, I've always been a gym rat. So, yeah, I'm, and, and I like to have fun, you know, and they gave me that vibe, you know, as soon as I, especially Coach Silas, like, me and him connected right off the bat. So, yeah, I definitely went up to him like, man, like, this line is, this thing is far. Like, I had no idea it was this far. <laughs> That's a funny story, right? But there's but there's your jumper coming along, right? And there's the transformation from guys are going under on screens on me versus X years later, it's like, oh, shit, we can't give him an inch of daylight from 25 feet out. Like, that's a – did you ever think you'd get that far? Nah. Nah. I mean, I, I feel like I would be able to knock it down, maybe, like, consistently shooting spot jumpers or something like that. But, like, no. Like, like off the dribble and, you know, some of the shots I've made over my career, like, 
I even kind of surprised myself a lot on, on, on some of those shots. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest, but um, I put the work in. You know, I, I put the work in, man. Like every single day, in the summer times, you know, in the mornings before games, the next day after games, like. And it and it wasn't, wasn't easy. Days. It wasn't easy because no. the Charlotte coaches no. told me, you know, we had to rebuild parts of his jumper. You know, mm-hmm. he used to shoot off his heels. We wanted him to shoot off his his the balls of his feet and i remember mm-hmm. i don't know if it was cliff or somebody told me uh, x months into that he came up to us he's like I, this isn't working for me i don't want to do this yep. and they had to send you yep. they had to basically send you to cliff and be like go tell it to cliff and see what he says yep. right coach hats coach hats yeah yeah i um coach had to i i went to him i was working with coach bruce, um, bruce yeah, man, you know, i'm you know I'm, I'm shooting like i've been shooting this way for so long you know, my whole life, I'm shooting this one way. And then Coach Bruce, he comes and he's like, you know, move the ball over, move it over. So, you know, he got me shooting differently. And it's it's hard, you know. I'm trying to shoot this way consistently all the time now. And the first couple of months, I'm just like, can't. Like, I'm missing too much. Like, I'm, I could be – before I, I actually met Coach Bruce, you know, I had this feeling of myself, like, okay, I'm ready to work on my shot and I'm ready to – shoot the ball well this year like I'm and then coach cliff is like all right I'm bringing in coach the shooting coach coach Bruce is gonna help you I'm like huh like okay so you know we're working we're working and I'm missing and the season is getting closer and closer and I'm just still missing these shots and it's it's just it's just bad so I, I went to coach Hess and I'm like coach I don't think I can I can't do this anymore like I'm ready to just go back to my old shot like I'm ready to go back to this old looking shot that I've had I've been shooting this way for such a long time. I'm used to shooting this way. So he's like, don't talk to me. Talk to Coach Cliff. So I went to Cliff's office. I'm like, Coach, like, I, I don't think I can do this anymore. And he's like, nah. He's like, he's like, you know what? Let's make a deal. He's like, just give it a few more months. He's like, just give it a few more months. Just keep working with Coach Bruce. And, you know, we'll just go from there. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, all right. That, that works for me. So, you know, we kept working. and. I want to say we played in a – we had a game in Milwaukee early on that year, I believe, and I think I hit about three threes. I'm like, all right. I'm like, okay, a little something, you know. And then we had another game right after that, I think, in Miami. I think I hit about four threes. So I'm like, okay, this is this, – this, this might be working. <laughs> this might be working. And, you know, it, it was all about confidence and, you know, just repetition. And that's what I did, man. You know, I, I worked so hard on it. And we, me and Coach Bruce were just always in the gym. And, you know, I just started to believe in myself, believe in him. The confidence started to come and I just kind of took off from there. Is it true that Al Jefferson, your teammate in Charlotte, referred to you as car seat because you are of your, of your let's say, height? Car seat was a nickname or he said you needed a car seat or something? <laughs> I mean, that's not very I, nice. I, <laughs> I he, he always he always had the short jokes about me. Always. Oh, that is my guy right there. He is one of the best teammates I've ever had in my entire life, man. That dude is amazing. Amazing. Love that guy. Give me your best Al Jefferson story. Big Al, Big Al is like in a, in a lot of ways it's like Big Al got transported from like the 50s into the modern NBA <laughs> as like a human being, as a player. He's like a down-home southern guy. I heard he's in great yeah. shape and he actually wants to come be a coach somewhere. I think I think a couple teams have sniffed he around him be. as a coach. 
He needs to be because he can help any big man in this league right now. Any big. Yeah, he is amazing, man. So I, what's your what's a, give me a good Al Jefferson story? A good Al Jefferson story? I can give you a good one. Um I actually met Big Al <laughs> before he came to Charlotte. We're with the same agency. Before he came to Charlotte, um, you know, obviously I knew him, you no know, played against him. He was in the city. He was in New York and we, we, we got together. We got together, you know, because I've always been like this huge Al Jefferson fan. Like, it's funny because I even have a picture in my phone from NBA 2K, what is it, 11, I believe, from my rookie year. And Al Jefferson is on my team in the background in the picture. Like, he's literally, I traded for him in the video game. Like, he's on my team. So I've actually wanted this guy. I'm like, we have to get big Al. Like, this is a guy that I have to have this guy on my team. So he was a free agent. And, you know, we kicked it. And obviously, you know, I, I brought it up to him. You know, what you think? You know, <laughs> what you think? Like, about coming to Charlotte? Like, I don't know. I thought I'd give it a shot. And Big Al was like, Charlotte? Like, nah, I, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, ah, I don't know. Nah, I don't know about Charlotte, young fella. Like, nah, I don't think that's going to be the move for me. Um. I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like disappointed. Like, damn. Like, I'm there, bro. Like, you know, we, we can possibly be pretty good, you know. I'm I was kind of hurt. I'm like, damn. But um, next thing you know, a few months later, we signed Big Al. <laughs> and I'm like, we're like, where does this come from? Like, where does this where has this come from? Like, he just told me he wasn't not trying to come to Charlotte. So he he gave me the vibe that he was not trying to come, but you know, I think because, you know, I think he kind of felt my energy and, you know, we kind of kicked it. We kind of hit it all right off the bat. Like, we, we hit it all so good, man. Like, right away, right away. And he, he I think he kind of respected me as a, as a young man. And he made that move to Charlotte. So that was, that was pretty dope. That was, that once, was a pretty dope experience. I, I once interviewed him about his post game and post moves and all his old school game. And I, and I started asking him a question about how he never uses his left hand. And he cut off the question. Oh, he, and he was like, mm -hmm. Zach, you could saw off my left hand. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't matter. I don't need it. I nope. don't want it. I don't know how to do anything <laughs> with it. doesn't matter to me. Yep. And we used to get on, on him about that all the time. He's like, so what? If you can't stop the right, why, why use the left? And it was true. Nobody <laughs> could stop that right hook. Nobody could stop that right hook. <laughs> Last question. Let's go back to the Knicks. Let's come full circle on the Knicks. Who you've, you've been practicing now for like a month or whatever in camp. You've been up around these guys up close. Who are you around up close where you're like, whoa, this guy's way better than I thought, or his game's way different than I thought, or he's just way better, a bigger of a personality than I thought? Like, who's kind of caught you off guard in some good way? Uh, I'm a, I'll, I'll probably start with the young fellas um, quickly. I'm a huge fan of quickly. Um, I think he can be really special, you know? Uh, and I think. I think I can help him, you know, get his game to another level. Um, first of all, he's just such a great kid. You know, he 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 asks a lot of questions, and he wants to be good. You know, and I and I love that about him. I love that about him. Like, and he's literally always in the gym. Like, he is such a gym rat, and I and I just see I just see so much of myself in him. You know, so I think he's kind of the guys who, you know, who I'm kind of gravitating towards. Um, another guy is Obi. 
Obi is such a great kid. Another guy who's always in the gym. Kind of a mystery but, man. So I, I'm interested to hear what you say about Obi because he would he would get he would play like seven minutes, eight minutes, and not get a uh-huh. second stint. Like I, I don't know what I'm getting out of him this year. So I'm, I'm yeah. getting excited. Get me excited. No, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna get you excited because we, it's it's gonna be a big it's gonna be a big year for Obi, and Obi is gonna be so great for us because he's gonna do a lot of the small things for us, and his personality is second to none he's such a great dude he's always smiling always joking and he brings energy you know i think it's going to be a huge year for obi he he has gotten so much better um and he's always in the gym those two guys are always in the gym and i know from experience that when you're always in the gym it always pays off for sure so those are two guys who i can no, definitely speak highly of. I like that. And I like the always in the gym thing because that's your jump shot and that's your dribble moves. I mean, I remember talking about all your, you know, the, talking with the Charlotte coaches about they called it your pick and roll setup game. Like, don't just go into a pick and roll. Hit them with like four mm-hmm. different moves before you get mm-hmm. to a pick and roll. And how you get – my favorite thing about you is you, you're six feet, which is very small for the NBA. And, and that is instead of a liability – and I, 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 I'm interested if this came naturally to you. You've turned it into a strength where you dribble mm-hmm. so low, like you get so low, you crouch down so low, you're putting these pitter-pat moves together. Like guys can't even reach you. Even if they wanted to steal uh-huh. the ball, they can't. When did you realize that was like you could you could make your height a weapon almost? Zach, I'm literally just playing basketball. Like that's just how I play. <laughs> I don't know. Like it's literally just how I play. Like I'm I'm doing every single thing thing I can to put the bas- put the basketball in the hole. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, it would be great. It would be great if I could explain it to you. I don't know, man. Well, like, sometimes you put these moves together where it's like you, you string these dribble moves together so fast that you almost miss some of what you're like. I've called it like it's like one of the – it's like a boxing combination where you have to replay <laughs> it in slow-mo and you're like, oh, my God, that was like six punches in one second. That's how your dribble moves are. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? It's it's crazy because like I'm gonna be honest, like to this day, like when I watch some of the highlights and some of the things that I've done over the course of my career, I'm just like still in awe. Like I can't even believe I did some of that stuff, to be honest. Like I'm gonna be completely honest. Like I'm just like, like, what did I even just do? How did I do that? How did I get this shot off? How did I get this layup off? Like it just will. Like I, I'm I just love basketball so much. Like I love to win. You know, I love to compete. I love to play hard. Like, I just, it just says what it is. Man. I just, I just love the game so much. Uh, I've been told uh, uh, your agent, Javon Phillips, knows that you're on this podcast. He said, ask him what his favorite move is. So what's your favorite move? What's my favorite move? Favorite move. I know he want me to say step back. <laughs> I know you want me to say the step back. Um, I'm going to have to go with the step back. You do have yeah, a good step that's, back. That's definitely one of my favorite moves for sure. You can get that off any anytime you want. And you've taken a yeah. lot of big shots in your career, man. There were years in Charlotte where it was like late game offense, give the ball to Kemba, give the ball to Kemba, no give the ball to Kemba. Yep. Um, well, look, I'm so excited to hear that you're healthy and feeling good because I think the Knicks have a chance to be solid this year. And it's I just love watching you play, and it's, it's an awesome story to see you back in New York. I'm – East Coaster, I will be at some Knicks games. I look forward to being in an NBA arena. I will say hello. But good good luck. 
Knock on wood, stay healthy. Kemba Walker, yes, thanks for the time, man. Thank you so much, Zach. I appreciate it, and I'll see you soon. Make sure you say what's up when, you, when I see you, man. Of course. Of course. All Thank right. you, Kemba. All right. Yes, sir. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done! Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Now we have another first-time guest on the Low Post podcast whose job was to seriously analyze basketball and tell me why my league pass rankings are bad. And instead, <laughs> and instead, she was like, I'm going to talk about fashion and who's got the most swag. And I'm like, you're supposed to be the serious person. The one and only from the LA Sparks, two-time WNBA All-Star, Stanford University, one of the many universities that tries to compete with UConn, ESPN <laughs> personality, Shanae Gwumake. How are you? I'm great. So happy to be chatting with you. And it's totally my fault. We're on CPT um, with the podcast because you've tried multiple times. Okay. Multiple times. And I've unfortunately not been able to be like, okay, make it happen. So I really appreciate your persistence. My teammate, especially on NBA Today. Yes, we will be on NBA Today frequently. Uh, the new show that begins on Monday, the 18th. You're going to be on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday talking about all things NBA basketball, right? Very excited. You can start your weekends with me, especially on Friday. So I'm really, we've been in rehearsals. And so uh, I'm really excited for this. It's going to be a different look, but it'll be fun. They keep bumping me from rehearsal, Shanae. I think they're kicking me off the show and they're being passive aggressive about it. Every day they're like, you know what? We don't need you. We don't need you. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just being subtly shoved aside. No, we know you're the heavy hitter. You're, you're the one that's like, look, let's just get Zach when we can Big time out here in these streets. I'm the young one that has to get my rep, so I'm holding it down for you. I got you. So, so I asked you to, to look at my league pass rankings, which I do every year. Ten times I've done this stupid column, and I put my heart and soul into it. I bleed blood through my laptop for this column. And in, in it, I didn't ask you to read it because, God forbid, that's way too much work. But I would <laughs> look, at, look at the rankings and tell me how you disagree. And today you sent me your top ten. Should I just read your top ten? These are the teams you are most excited to watch in order, or do you want to do it yourself? How do you want me to reveal you can reveal my top 10, the teams that I'm most excited about, but I have a different category in which, and if you watch Pose or something like that, the category is, I have different categories. I go by star power, obviously. Do they have stars on their team? I'm a little bit more flexible on that because stars now mean something different, especially with influx of culture and stuff like that. Spice? Are they spicy? Like, will, you, will they give you a little bit of edge? Is there some kind of drama? And then, of course, swag. You know, swag on the court, how you're able to play, will you entertain? So I've got star power, 
spice and swag that indicated my most entertaining teams looking into the season. Okay, let's rapid fire go through them because we have some areas where we disagree. Number 10 on Shanae's top 10 league pass rankings, which must be explained because it is just inexplicable. (laughs) I don't see uh, swag, spice, star power, definitely not there. The Houston Rockets, I know you're from Texas, but the Houston Rockets, this must be justified. They were 28th, I think, in my rankings. Okay. I don't know why you have them 28th because at the end of the day, they most stink. of the star power means something different now, especially for the rising generations. Jalen Green, um, Christopher, Josh Christopher, they all have this unique, is it like generation alpha star power where people are starting to understand their games because we're following high school in a way that we have never done before. So their star power rating was like a, at a six, uh, super spicy because you still have to figure out where John Wall will end up. But they have swag. On the bench, pouting. That's where he's going to end up. But we're going to find out. Like, there's going to be a day when we actually figure out where he's going and all that type of stuff. And so we're going to talk about it. But I do think, like, if you think about the preseason, out of the clips that we got for, you know, excitement, Jalen Green was involved with some of them. You know, like how he sort of did Kyle Kuzma a little bit. So I I think this team is going to be interesting. People are going to be entertained to watch Jalen Green. Now, again, I am from Houston and I, I am biased, but I do think that out of all the you know teams in the league, this is something that will be followed based on their young stars. Now they're not cemented NBA stars, but the way that the culture moves, we will be talking about these guys, the way they walk into games, the way that they create highlights. Now it probably won't be wins, but the categories are a little bit different these days, for me at least. Have you forgiven James Harden yet? Yeah, I absolutely. I mean, I don't blame him, honestly. Like, he gave his all. He gave his all. Uh, he, people forget that we were in a cycle of shooting our shot at championships, and there are so many different iterations of the Rockets. And while a lot of people were critical of the, I always say this, dribble, 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 step back, dribble, 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 A lot of that was a product of necessity. And when you realize, you know, I'm at the same point because I'm approaching 30 years old. Uh-oh. And you start thinking, <laughs> no, <Uh-oh>. right? <laughs> I know it's crazy. I'm 29. Uh, a lot of times you think, start thinking as a player, like, okay, how do I want to finish my career? What do I want my legacy to be? Am I chasing a championship or am I going after these individual goals? Well, he got pretty much every individual goal. I think this Brooklyn move, after a time well served in Houston, I was not mad at it. I don't think Houston was really mad at it. And We've got some sauce. That's why I put them at 10. The Rockets, they've got a, a batch of young players that actually are intriguing for the future as well. So the swap actually somehow worked out. Number nine on Shanae's League Pass rankings, the Utah Jazz, who I had 11th. So you're even more excited to watch the Utah. People think of Utah and they're like, oh, it's boring, pick and rolls, and Rudy <laughs> Gobert's rim protection. Who really cares? You got them in, a top, in the top 10. Sell me on Utah. Where they have a they have a legit like you gotta watch him highlight producing star and Donovan Mitchell. I assume that's part of it. But it, spice swag these are not things you associate with Utah. This is true. But Donovan Mitchell's game he's probably the most explosive guard. You know that smaller not named Russell Westbrook prime for the future. I remember being in uh, Staples in the preseason. Was that in 2019? And the one game I went to was the Jazz. And I was like, oh, snap, watching Donovan, someone I've known through Team Adidas. I was like, oh, snap, he just looks like he's playing a different brand of basketball based on his athletic gifts. And then we've seen all these, you know, leaps that he's made. So he's entertaining. He's spicy on the court. 
He got swag on the court. Now, the one thing that I think I really appreciate about the Utah Jazz, Zach, do you remember last year when Steve Kerr, after the Warriors played uh, the Utah Jazz, said, and I heard it, and I'm like, are y'all not, like, getting this? He said, they remind me of us not too long ago, a few years ago. And everyone's like, oh, okay, what is he talking about? The Warriors, obviously, every year can destroy, you know, three-point record books if they have Steph and Clay, you know, available and shooting the ball. That's what the Jazz did last year. Paced the NBA in threes, but also defensively knew how to defend the three. And that's what made them elite. And so while it may not be the sexiest pick, they're a team that sort of understands themselves. They have a three-time defensive player of the year, They have, a, which is their defensive captain. They have an offensive captain. And most importantly, let's talk about swag. We got D-Wade in the building. We got D-Wade in the building. So I, that's like where my metrics go. Didn't they just sign D-Wade's son to a, like, a G League contract? I mean, like, that's what I was saying. You're starting to get a little bit of energy there based on D-Wade establishing his footprint and taking guys like Donovan under his wing. So that's where my my factors go. A little bit to the sidelines. Joe Ingles is a top 10 NBA trash talker, by the way. That guy starts shit every game. Every game. That was my favorite thing uh, that I learned from Draymond Green when he said, who knew Trey Young? Like, Trey Young is one of the biggest trash talkers in the league. I didn't really know that. And so when we find out those nuggets, I live for it, but did not know about Joe Ingles. Oh, he will. It's an, he's nasty too. He's, he get, he, he's not messing around. He's not, it's not generic. It's, 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 <laughs> it's pointed. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, number eight. I had them number five. I am irrationally excited to watch the Charlotte Hornets. Miles Bridges is going to kill a man on the court at some point with these dunks. Facts. Facts. Like, if you were on a team that won and were was, like, top three in the conference, they would be exploding the internet everywhere. We, you know, we find attention with LaMelo based on, you know, his deliverance when it comes to expectations and his talent. But those dunks, my goodness. Uh, so I'm, 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 I'm right there with you with the Hornets. You had them. You, you were really high on the spice meter, though. I mean, you got – you. The dunks that he unleashes, the one he had on Capella last year where he <laughs> cocked it back and, and just hammered him. I mean, that was a that, – that got you out of your seat. And LaMelo, I think LaMelo is really interesting because he exceeded expectations as a rookie. He's clearly a genius passer. He's big. So we had this debate on the jump, actually. But, you know, they on the jump – on TV, they make you answer these yes or no questions. And they're just – they're either or questions. They're so painful. And they give you, like, 15 seconds. So here was the either or question. <laughs> you weren't on this day, so I'm going to make you answer it. Oh, no. Next next five years, Ja Morant or LaMelo Ball? Why are you doing this to me? Because they did it to me, so I have to pay it forward. Pay the bad stuff for isn't that that's not what pay it forward is supposed to be, but I know, right? But it's okay. That's one thing at ESPN. They force you to like make takes. And for you and I who are very analytically driven and we're like in the gray area, in the muck, it's so hard. But I would go with honestly, I hate like I wish I could say both, but that's not allowed. You can't. They don't let you. I would actually go Lamella, you know? I would go on LaMelo just because as a facilitator, and I'll tell you this, watching the last preseason game where unfortunately uh, the Dallas Mavericks set a world record on the margin of, uh, win, you know, margin of points, points win. I, I was watching, there was a play where LaMelo airballed the ball. I was like, airballed the shot. I was like, oh, snap. But the, then it's like, this is his brain. Next play down, let me get somebody else the ball. Beautiful in the lane pass. And then after that, it's like, I did it. Let me get back to my bag. Top of the key broke down. 
and knocked down a mid-range shot after like move, counter move. I was like, that's the mentality of a dog. You can airball, get the team going, and then get back to your bag and deliver. So I love his assist factor. I love his ability to galvanize teams. I mean, watching last year, how much fun they had in the starting lineup when their names were like, there is a beautiful energy that he has brought to Charlotte uh, that I think has been contagious for his teammates. And I love seeing their team react. And you know what's funny, Zach? It's like, oh, they made the playoffs last year. No, they made the play in, even though it feels like playoffs, which play-ins have their own stats. No, so I was like resetting my mind. Not, play-ins do not count as making the playoffs. We nipped that in the bud last year. It's not a thing. <laughs> if you make the play-in and you fail, you do not make the playoffs. But it feels like are. a playoffs because it's like single elimination type of ish. But. You get the brown. They should present you with a brown participation ribbon. And just Before say, Charlotte, that's a win for them. Thank you for participating in the play-in tournament. Enjoy the offseason. By the way, <laughs> you said that his energy is contagious. Contagious is a word that is now ruined. It's just ruined now forever. Oh. You can't, it's just ruined forever. <laughs> you can't use it anymore. Um, so I, so to answer my own question, on TV, I, I was, you could see the emotional anguish on my face <laughs> because Ralph I Barone. love, I love John Moran. I love everything about John Moran. I, John Morant is, is a superstar. He can jump out of the gym. He wants to hurt people at the rim. He's yep. turbocharged up on the floor. But my favorite thing about him is he's selfless in every possible way. He gets off the ball. He cuts. He does all this stuff that you don't think like a 21-year-old guard, a superstar mm-hmm. is going to do. He's never for one second carried himself like, this is my team. This Everything belongs to me. I love John Morant. I took LaMelo. At least our brains are united here. You know why? You know why? What? Height. The, you just can't. Do, it's it's the it's like the thing that, like you can can't have the, you can have the vision, but if you have the height and the vision, you can be Luca. If you have the height and the vision, you can be LeBron. Now, I'm not saying Lamelo's going to be anywhere near those guys, but he's six seven, six eight, or whatever he is, and so you can see and make every pass. And his jumper is already ahead of Jaw's jumper. I do think one of the most interesting kind of mysteries of this NBA season and the next three or four is Luca. We all knew about the passing vision and the creativity. I don't think anyone necessarily thought like this guy's going to be putting up 40 in playoff games <laughs> and averaging almost 30. Like what kind of scorer can LaMelo be? Like what does he profile as a scorer? I, that's a mystery to me. Agreed. I think consistency is key. Like you get into the league, you start feeling your way around. Remember he had that injury that kept him out for a while. So that ruins your rhythm to some degree. When healthy consistency as a player is exactly, you know, when I came into the pros, I wanted to prove myself. And that meant going balls to the wall, like hooping as well as I could. The next year, it was all about, all right, I have to keep that same energy and build off of that foundation. And so I think this is going to be a big year for LaMelo. To prove that, okay, all that energy and all the expectations that I've met, I can show you that I can be that consistently. So, yeah, I'm, we're on the same page. To me, it's, it's like, what, is it, what does it look like when I slow down and I got to score? And, and like, what, what's, my go-to, what's my go-to scoring move? What's my bag when it's slow and it's not frenetic? And like, that's, that's the mystery to me. I'm interested. And that's okay. the Luka. That's the Luka difference, right? He can play at that tempo. He can read and manipulate the defense. And he knows exactly when I get to this wing, I'm going to hit this shot. Well, or I, assume when I, get, Luka, yeah. I assume Luka is the reason why the Mavericks, who were 14th, I think, in my rankings, or 13th, <laughs> were 6th in yours. Is it just Luka or what else are the Mavericks? Because that's, that's high. 
I'm not that excited. I mean, I'm excited to watch everybody play. Sixth is like... It's pretty that, high up there. That's high. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to put in... The star power was very heavy for me. Also, you know, I'm adding sideline factors. Jason Kidd, what imprint, what footprint will he create on this Dallas Mavericks team? But again, I'm from Texas, so like I think that's where all my things... Like, everything's bigger and better when it comes to teams from Texas. But yeah, when you have an MVP young... Uh, capable front runner possibly uh, this year in the NBA and you have a new coach and you have Chris Porzingis who mind you in their preseason game. I know preseason games don't count, but he looked healthy. I think he started with like seven for eight from the field, about like 17 points plus 20. You start realizing, okay, we've got a healthy Chris Stapps who now Luca doesn't have to do everything at all times to a 82 game, you know, regular season or however it may be. That's what sort of made me interested about Dallas. I'm I'm interested for all the reasons you are, and I think Luca is whatever is beyond the genius. That's what I think Luca is. Luca is he's seeing he doesn't just play from one step ahead or whatever. He he can see every possible. He's like the beautiful mind guy to see every possible outcome of a possession. He sees he sees at the same time. I've never seen it before ever in basketball. A player so young, mind you, coming from the women's game. You know, I played in Italy, I played in China, my sister played in Poland and played five years in Russia and China as well. So we're very well versed with the international game. But, and we've always known like European players are tough. They play with a different cadence to their game. And the first thing I said when he started hit the scene as a rookie, I was like, his cadence is different. People know what's coming and he still knows what he needs to do in a way that vets are now just perfecting. I've never seen it. Plus in a six day frame, never seen it before. The Jason Kidd thing just makes me more nervous than interested. Um, I, I'm just nervous. Like, don't can you not screw this up? Like, don't screw it up because I think the Mavs could be really good. Luca is unbelievable. Six. And can two. I also shout out Christy Tolliver, my teammate of the LA Sparks, who's an assistant coach on that squad as well? Of course you can. Thank you. <laughs> you, you can do. We can do whatever you want. You're. You're. You know. You're on this podcast. And by the way, WNBA playoffs have been phenomenal. I have it on every night. When, when I'm going to bed or when I'm time to relax, it, like time my work is done, I flip it on. Kyrie going Instagram live with two minutes left in game two of the WNBA <laughs> finals. Like, do it another time, man. I don't want to hear it right now. Diana Taurasi's trying to play. Brittany Grinder's trying to play. I don't I don't have time right now. I thought of you multiple times. Like when uh Diana went for 37 or 38 versus the Aces. I was like, what is Zach doing right now? Is he I doing cartwheels? I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't, I literally can't. When I met Diana Taurasi, I met her at the New York Athletic Club at an event. I, I don't even know what happened. Like I, I blacked, <laughs> I blacked out for, I, I know I said something. I know I said, nice to meet you. I probably was like, I'm a, I, I like this, like I'm a big, I don't really know what happened. Like, I just know that I don't think she ever wants to have a conversation with me again, based on how that conversation she went. She will. Can I tell you a fun story? So when I was a rookie, is it about of, Diana Taurasi? Absolutely. When you, I was can, a rookie, you can tell forty-five minutes of Diana Taurasi's stories <laughs> if you want. I was a rookie with the Connecticut Sun, and we played Diana early in Connecticut. Mind you, I'm playing at Mohegan Sun Arena as a member of the Connecticut Sun, and so Diana, UConn player, we know it's going to be a big game full of energy. 
And everyone was like, Diana's tough. And we all know this, but I've never played against her. So they said, be ready on screen. She's going to be physical with you on screen. So one of the first plays of the game, I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to go screen for Diana. I know she's going to be physical. So, you know me, I'm like, people don't know I'm a little bit of a gangster. Like people say, oh, Chanae, nice. You know, but I was like, all right, so let me, like, as a rookie, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to hit her. So I go up there and hit her, but she like tries to punch through the screen and she looks at me like I'm crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, is she, is she mad at me? Like, is she going to take this out on me? And so on that same possession, there was a foul call and I go down to be the lowest because I'm the post, low post, and I'm getting ready. And she comes and purposely like makes a beeline to, you know, be next to me uh, on the free throw. I'm like, oh gosh, she knew I came for her on the screen. She turns and she's like, okay, I see you've got something here. Pass me on the butt. I was like, I survived. I survived my first interaction with Diana Tarasi. She totally, totally um, is a legend. And I think, you know, we've had moments with Tamika Catchings, myself playing Candace Parker and my big sis Neca, but I'll never forget my first screen where she tried to punch through me, but I stood my ground. And she's like, all right, girl, I see you ready to play. I was like, got the, got the seal of approval. Hype. I like it. Again, I don't, there's no end of the Diana Taurasi stories that I will accept on this podcast. She is (laughs) a goddess and the best ever. Um, You have to explain how the Sixers are number three on your league pass rankings. And I say this as someone, they, they were number one, two years in a row. And I think I just, I'm now just tired. I'm not, I'm Mm. just, I'm tired. I don't want to break down the Simmons and Bede fit anymore. Where's Ben Simmons standing? Is he in the dunker spot? Well, there he is again in the dunk. I don't want to, I just don't want to do it anymore. So, and I love him. Embiid is, you could tell me Embiid's the most entertaining player in the league. And that's the whole basis of the ranking. And I will say, that's fine. I agree. Justify number, number three over the Bucks, over the Warriors. So the, re- the Bucks, we know who they are. And I feel like because we know who they are, they just won a championship I'm putting in spice, swag, entertainment, and there's drama, as you mentioned, and there might be fatigue with the drama with the Philadelphia 76ers, but still, nonetheless, you're going to be intrigued. I've always loved Joel Embiid the last two or three years as a real MVP candidate because I don't know if people have been following. Well, people have, but people might say, oh, he's always at some point injured. But the time each season that he comes back, that time injured is shrinking each and every year. And his odds towards being an MVP and being more consistently seen as that guy statistically averaging 26 and 12 and upping his assists and giving, you know, defenses hell, those numbers are looking better and better. So I always feel like we're bound to get a Joel Embiid MVP sooner rather than later, which means he's must watch basketball. Bring in Doc Rivers, who I've truly enjoyed as a voice you know, in the NBA outside of basketball. And then now we naturally have the Ben Simmons drama. Now, as someone that plays for Los Angeles Sparks, and we also train, we train out in Glendale, and so we see a lot of NBA guys in the gym we're in. And Ben Simmons uh, trains with Chris Johnson, who I'm starting to get really close with. I've seen Ben Simmons around LA. That man has been staying ready, you know? And so I'm just interested to see how it plays out. And I feel like we're getting a scenario, not like James Harden showing up in Houston, like trade me. And I'm trying to show you every sign to trade me. I think Ben is ready to take the next step with his game. It just probably is, you know, we all know it's like, I'm here doing what I need to do to get traded. So that when I get to a new place, I can show you exactly who I am. Sometimes there's, yeah. You have seen the most sought after vision in NBA basketball right now. (laughs) And so you need to tell me about it. You have seen 
Ben Simmons shooting jump shots in the summer. Tell me everything. No, no, no. The, his sessions, they're private, so, right? So, But I've gotten to know Chris Johnson, and he's who he trains with. And we crossed paths a couple times in L.A., uh, certain circumstances. And so out of all the signs of, you know, you see so many people passing through, and you're like, oh, I'm getting workouts. Like, he's going to work. You didn't you change know? your entire schedule and ingratiate yourself <laughs> to these people and be like, can I just sit and see the fodder that becomes the Instagram videos that, by the way, Joel Embiid <laughs> made fun of very subtly in a very – Joel Embiid, he's like an artist with trash talk. <laughs> and that little subtle tweak of you guys all have seen the videos, right? Like we'd like to see some of that on our team was just like, ooh, and hurt, it hurt me <laughs> vicariously. Yeah, I know. And that's what I like about Joel. Like he shoots it straight. Uh, and I think that's why he's been able to improve, but I do see him as a worker, Ben, as well. It just, you know, people forget that fits are so, like, so much everything when it comes to hoops. And sometimes the stresses that you experience as a collective, like we saw at the end of last season with Philly, sometimes it's like, I'd rather have a fresh start than have to deal with the same stressors looming over me. And some players are like that, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean... Philly is always going to be interesting. That's why they high up on my list. They can't. They can't do. I mean, I've said this a million times, but it, like one year, it's it's. There's always like a curiosity factor. One year, it's like, is what is is can Markel Fultz shoot? Like, what's going on Ugh. here? Then it's like, why do they have nine thousand power forwards and centers? How's that going to work? <laughs> then it's oh, there's a secret Twitter account. That's interesting. Now it's now it's if he if he plays. I, I'm going to have to watch every game because I'm going to have to microanalyze every possession. Like, did he make a mean face at Embiid? Did he throw that pass at Embiid's head a little too hard? Mm -hmm. Did he just make a side-eye Doc Rivers? Like, I'm going to have to watch every second of it. Number one body language team in the NBA. That's what we're going to be reading. And Embiid, by the way, his trash talk has has broken people. before. There, there are centers in the NBA who have essentially surrendered and given mm -hmm. up because he's been so vicious verbally and destroyed them physically on the floor that they've basically just given up. He's like a gladiator. And the best part is when he when he finally finds someone who is not ever afraid of him and doesn't back down. Like Marcus Smart and Embiid have a little thing going because Marcus Smart yep. doesn't care. I, I, so Embiid is great theater. Um, they're number three on your list. We've skipped over a couple teams because I don't care. Number two is the Lakers. So... You're a, you, you actually know what's going on in a basketball game, unlike a lot of us. Is this going to work? Come on, Zach. Is this going to work? I think we all are always optimistic, right? But given the scenario, I see why they made the Russell Westbrook move. It's like we want to have it both ways. LeBron James needs help. LeBron James needs someone off the ball. Are right, you bringing someone off the ball? It's like, well, he can't shoot the ball well enough. He's a career 29% three-point shooter. What's going to happen? And what I've seen, they bring in Russell Westbrook, who, mind you, the league is only getting younger and faster in pace and in space. A lot of people have said, oh, he acts like a center, even though he's a point guard, Russell Westbrook. Well, you surround him with LeBron James, who has finally, you know, matured his game to being uh, a capable, real 
target shooter, right, from deep when necessary. AD, who can stretch the floor. You've got Melo, who's killer with the mid-range. Baysmore, you know, like you've got pieces Mello there. Melo can't be the fourth guy you mentioned. It's got to be like <laughs> the, the 12th guy. And True, AD, but I'm just going with like the new pieces. AD stretching the floor is actually one of the biggest questions in the league to me because I think when he – his A, his jumper looks pretty – and B, he hit some really big, high-profile ones in the title run. And he's tricked people, including me, into thinking that he's a good jump shooter. And he's not. He's, Anthony Davis? He's not. Statistically, he's not. Statistically, he's a poor jump shooter. But but it, I almost don't believe the statistics because I watch him play. And he's taking these turnarounds from the post and he's making them. I, I think like one of the fundamental differences between the Lakers having a, a successful year and by their standards an unsuccessful year is does he have a good jump shooting year? And and I think he can and has, but it just his his reputation as a jump shooter outstrips reality by more than maybe any player in the league. And I and I think that's right, because to be a post player in professional basketball, you have to have a rational confidence because it's positionless basketball. So it's not like there are many people like Kevin Durant that are like, you're going to be tall and so we can make you a killer ISO threat. It's not like that when you're growing up in the game. You're a post, get by the rim, right? But we saw a different type of process with AD being a point guard when he started and then he grew and now he's a center at Kentucky and then he comes to the league we're like, oh shoot, he's got more skills than we thought. And so sometimes that's confusing to figure out where your bread and butter needs to be. And there was so much criticism on health and will he bang? And you're trying to prove that, but also is that the most sustainable thing? And so where does my jumper fit into that? At the end of the day, Zach, the most important thing is if you feel confident enough in a game where it matters to be able to knock down that shot. And that's what AD has. Now the statistics over a regular season may say that ebbs and flows, but when it comes to playoffs and it matters most, if you have a post player that can do that, it's better off than not, right? Well, and he, he hit the biggest shot of their title run, the buzzer exactly. beater in, in the Western Conference Finals over over the Nuggets. and Which is like, analytics, whoa! But that's exactly what I'm saying. Again, the, the form looks good. It looks smooth. It looks it looks pretty. Uh, they, are, they were numbered. We had the same first and second place teams in our rankings, Nets, Lakers. Lakers, because to me, I'm now going to watch the Lakers almost like I watched the Sixers when they had Butler, Simmons, and Embiid, like, I just need to see fundamentally where is everyone standing? What is everybody doing? I'm going to be interested in that for every possession. Like, where is Russell Westbrook standing? How yep. are they keeping him involved when LeBron has the ball? How is he not just standing? He can't just be standing behind the three-point arc doing nothing because that's going to clog up their offense. And, yeah, you can tell me he can catch and go and attack gaps, and we'll see some of that. But we really saw some of that in Houston specifically, when they got rid of all the big men they, uh, on the team. They just were like, we're not going to have any big men because we can't. Well, the Lakers, have, the Lakers have AD and then two real centers behind AD and Dwight and DeAndre. It's going to be funky. I'll tell you this, Janae. You can tell me the Lakers are the favorites to make the finals right now. I guess I, I, I don't strongly disagree with that because of the West, the state of the West. I will say this, if if all the, not even if everyone's healthy, if the star play, if the first and second best players on every team were healthy right now, I would pick, and I, get, I would pick the Clippers and the Nuggets over the Lakers. Do you think that's crazy? No, I don't think that's crazy. 
The Nuggets are not even in your top 10. The Nuggets have the most entertaining player in the entire NBA, and you don't even have them in your top 10. You're just saying you ta- you're a hater. Are you talking about the defending MVP, the reigning yes. MVP? Yes. Super entertaining, but, like, for us, the nerds, right, like, the rest of the basketball world falls in love with the flash and the sexiness of, like, dunks and all these things that make the clips, like, go crazy. I'm what almost- we love about Jokic is, like, the fundamental, like, his spin move baseline that's what gets me hyped. Like knowing how to lean his weight and then go past, but then also read the next layer of defense that's coming to drop it off to a, you know, like that's the stuff that gets me hyped. But people don't see that the way we do normally. I'm almost personally insulted that you implied that his game is not sexy because I think <laughs> Nikola Jokic's game is sexy. I'm just going to come out and say it. The passing I, is sexy. I think for us nerds, it is super sexy, right? But the way that things sort of move in the NBA game, that will probably not get as much appreciated as Jalen Green in and out fillet finish, right? Uh, Jalen Green over Jokic? Okay, sexiness, we all know what it is. Like, you know what I mean? That like razzle-dazzle to the rim. Oh my gosh, Jokic spin move, baseline dish. Like, that's what gets us hyped because we love that aspect of the game. But I don't assume everyone is like us. You know who has a lot of that to his game? A lot Ew. of the razzle-dazzle, a lot of, oh, my God, how do you do that? How do you get to the rim? Oh, my God. You know who has a lot of that in his game? Who? Kyrie Irving, who's not playing right now for the Brooklyn Nets. Banished. They banished Kyrie Irving. They say, go away. Come back when you're ready. Come back when you're vaccinated. They still land number one for you. They still landed number one for me. Is part of the reason they landed number one because they are a soap opera and you just don't know what you're going to get? Is he is he going to be Instagram living during the game? When he comes back, is he going to be – I now have to <laughs> evaluate body language. Is part of that – is that part of the appeal? Absolutely. For my ranking, star power, that's at a 10. I mean, Kyrie, if he were to come back, Kevin Durant, James Harden, spiciness. Like, it's not going to get spicier than what they can do on the court and also what the heck is happening off the court. And then swag, when you watch them play, like, KD is freaking Kevin Durant. Like, an isolation mismatch of all the gods, Spalding, Wilson, all that stuff. The basketball gods. James Harden. Are those the names of the basketball gods? I I sort of have always said it. Like, the basketball gods. I'm calling on Wilson and Spalding and all that stuff. I don't know. I'm a weirdo. (laughs) I haven't really done a taxonomy of the basketball gods. And now I kind of want to. I kind of want to try. I want to find. I want to do, like, a Greek mythology of but make basketball gods. You That's, really now ruin. You might have ruined the next week of my life. Actually, I don't know why. As a player, that like when I started growing up, I was like, you know, you miss a shot. I'm like, the basketball guys don't want me to make that shot today, or something like that. So I've always envisioned them as like the names of balls, you know. So it's funny, but you're right. This Kyrie Irving situation. I think if we have the expansive history of how he is as a person and how he doesn't let that dictate who he is, a, is as a, pres- a professional basketball player. To some degree, we're not surprised. But at the same time, I think Brooklyn, I mean, they can still remain number one based on their remaining talent, you know? So that's that's the wild part of this. Can the Nets win the championship if Kyrie Irving plays zero games and they do not trade Kyrie Irving for anybody? If his roster spot just goes to zero, can the Brooklyn Nets win the title? You're not, you're, this is what you're going to be talking about on our show. You're right. So let me get my, uh, you know, warm up in. I think they can. I really think they can. Uh, it, it's cha- like 
more and more, I'm starting to think that going big, swinging big and getting James Harden was probably understanding that, all right, we've got a very unique big three. We need to at least have two that we know is locked in on the future. And we assume that the three would be like, all right, this is, but now you have two guys, James Harden, who mind you, like if you're, if you're auditioning to be a, a central cast member outside of the injuries with health, that man was unreal with what he was able to do, commanding the league with assists, distributing, and then Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. There was like a 15-game window where people were like, wait, are we going to vote James Harden MVP even though he yes. completely sandbagged the first month of the season with the Rockets? Is that a thing that could happen? Or is, are we allowed to? Yes. And he, he almost proved like, I can hold this together. Was it, it was right uh, Brooklyn and Philly and the Bucks, But like they were right neck and neck at the two slash one spot, largely from James Harden in his first year playing basketball on a new team. So... It's a unique position if I'm Kyrie Irving seeing, one, James already has this air of familiarity. Like that's, for me, when I was going from Connecticut to LA, I was like, I don't know what this is like. And that was really hard for me to deal with. For any player professionally, I was impressed with what James Harden was able to do. Kevin Durant is healthy. Kyrie Irving, whether he's there or not, this team still has like real, a real shot. So I, I, I would not I, discount I them. There is no doubt that they can win without Kyrie Irving. Zero doubt. They might still be the favorites without Kyrie Irving. I will say, setting aside the public health and ethical questions of what's going on, which you can't do and are much more important than anything we're all talking about. Now, we all know this. Don't yell at me about it. We all know the real implication. I had COVID. You don't have to get me started on it. I know. <laughs> um, part of the reason it's it's disappointing as a basketball fan is I was optimistic that the, the big three would work incredibly well offensively. I dismissed the only one ball. There's only one ball stuff. I said, it's not going to matter. And, and they worked even better than I thought they would work altogether. I mean, it was absolutely it was ridiculous. Beautiful. There was nothing you could do. They, they rendered in their brief minutes together. It was like 300 something minutes playoffs and regular season combined. They rendered good NBA teams, just victims. Just, it reminded me of when the Warriors got Durant and they would just, they would, you would see them do to actual good NBA teams. They would just render them helpless. Like there was just nothing. This is like a good 45 win NBA team. And they might as well just lie down and die on the court. There's nothing you can do. That's how good they were together. How complimentary they were together. And I'm talking about them in the past tense as if their team is over already and I, <laughs> and I still think that they can uh they can win the championship i don't know if they're favorites they might be co-favorites who, do, who have you made a finals pick like if you had to pick the finals right now who would you pick i haven't but i'll tell you the team that i actually am excited about like in the east look mvp i do like and I, I don't know why i always maybe because i'm african i lean towards Joel Embiid, and every year i see better metrics and statistics i like the bucks again they got over the mental hurdles of the last few years and they're probably the most unproblematic big three star power aggregated team in the East, you know? And so they're the safest championship pick right now. They are exactly with, with what's going on with Kyrie. They are the safest pick. Oh, forget Philly. Philly's out. Philly's done. They're <laughs> not even in the conversation. I'm sorry. They're not in the conversation. They're in a whole separate. Philly's playing in a. There's 29 teams playing in the NBA and then Philly's playing in like whatever bizarro world league they're in. The Young and the Restless, yes, that league. Uh, yeah, 
I, I like the Bucks. I feel like they finally, people don't talk enough about how they took some real gambles at a perfect time, about two thirds the way through last year's NBA season with playing zone or trying different offenses, real gambles that helped them figure out what actually freaking works and stay together in their visions during those bumps in the road. So I have good juju around the Bucks, And in the West, you know, it's a little tricky because I, I do love Los Angeles and I never want to count out LeBron James, but I feel like this one is more of an open field than we've seen in the past few years. There's something in my gut, just a gnawing feeling in my gut that the Lakers are not going to make the finals. I just, I don't know why. And again, you look at the West and there's no explanation for it. Jamal Murray's injured. We don't know when he's going to come back. Kawhi might miss the whole season. So two of the teams that I would probably pick to topple the Lakers are, are not maybe going to exist this year. And yet something is just... It just is, isn't feeling good to me. And I can't, they, but then you're like, if they have LeBron and Anthony Davis and those guys are healthy, yep. I didn't feel great about their team going into the bubble. I famously said that I thought the Rockets should be able to beat them in a playoff series. And then the Rockets <laughs> the bed like they always do. Sorry, Should've but they did. <laughs> and LeBron and AD solved all problems. And, and, and I didn't think, by the way, I said the Rockets should be able to. I picked the Lakers to win that series. I did not trust the Rockets as far as I could throw them. Now, I trusted them to be better than they were, but that's a different story. And so maybe I, I just keep coming back. Like, am I picking Phoenix? That's am what I was going to say, because safest bets, durability, you know, is it is it Phoenix? That's what I was like. If we're, Is we're Chris Paul durable now? Have we decided Chris Paul's durable? I don't know. No, but... He, I was surprised he was able to finish out that NBA final series, honestly, when the bump of the road happened with his injury. But that's why I'm like bending toward it. Like, is it Phoenix in LA, the Lakers and the Suns? I don't know. That might be it. It's going to be a fun season. Well, I'm going to see you in Los Angeles in just like four days or something for week one of NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews. However, however the rehearsal is going that I got kicked out. Is Richard Jefferson dis- disrupted everything? What's oh, going yeah, on? Oh, yeah, always. I think we should leave him off of the group chat. You know, just completely. I can't be on the group chat. You know what we discovered? I can't be on the group chat because I have an Android (laughs) phone. I'm going to be the Jamal Crawford of the group chat. Jamal Crawford was an Android phone. They're like, you're out. You're kicked out. So smart of you. I should have made my work phone an Android phone. So I'm like, oh, sorry, guys. Can't be in it. Like, Oh, is it a secret hack? Have I, in my my inept technological skills, have I actually found a secret hack? You actually have found a secret hack. Make your work phone an Android. Wow. I'm well never done. now. I'm never leaving. I will say I'm on some group chats that I have to mute because I'm like I can't. <laughs> what are What are you people doing all day long? They are just sending these nonsense text you know, messages. I can't even I be a part of it. I won't spill the tea and say we should just make our group chat a WhatsApp group because then all are welcome, all are welcome in this place. So I won't tell anybody that. Yeah, don't don't say that to to the. That's fine. I'd be happy to be on the group chat. Okay, Shanae Agulma, okay, did we not get to anything you wanted to get to? We're going to have plenty of time to talk NBA. No, we got a whole season ahead of us. This is just the beginning. And Do you have I'm one so more glad. Diana Taurasi story for me? Like Diana Taurasi talked trash to you and made you cry. Diana Taurasi hit a game winner in your face. Diana Taurasi did 10 shots of vodka and played in two, two hours after that. Do you have any good D stories for me? No, I think that's about it. Everything else got to stay locked in the chamber, bro. Locked in the chamber. <laughs> All right, Shanae Gwumake, you're you're awesome. I can't wait to see you. Likewise, let's get it, teammate.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.